Welcome to the interview from I by IMD. This week's host is Edwin Kay, Chief Executive of the Hong Kong Research Institute of Textiles and Apparel. His guest is Janice Wang, the CEO of Alvanon, a global fashions innovations and product development company. The 3D models created by Alvanon help clothing brands like Adidas, Arcteryx and Under Armour develop new products digitally, cutting out the waste associated with traditional sampling. In a world of online fashion and free returns, Alvanon is also revolutionizing how customers find their size. Now, over to Edwin. Hi, Janice. Good to see you. Good to see you. Could you tell us a little bit about the history of Alvanon? So my family has always been in the children's wear industry. I am third generation children's wear manufacturer. Mm -hmm. Um, And that gives us a really interesting kind of view into the whole garment industry. The Alvanon was actually founded by my father. Mm -hmm. Um, He actually, in the late 1990s, saw this need for the industry to change. And he wanted to sell clothing on the internet. And that was a very kind of forward-thinking. Very progressive of him. Very, very progressive. He was also a medical doctor, uh, his doctor, Kenneth Wang. He tinkered about everything. He built the first scanners using cameras. The camera used to go round the body on a track to get the shape of of a Mm -hmm. human. And one of the things that he realized when we were actually working with our designer partners in the US was that every time we sent them a sample, they would actually reject the sample because they would say it doesn't fit right. And the big question was, well, why does it not fit right? In the early days, we used to use these forms called wolf forms. And these wolf forms were made of paper mache. Mm -hmm. Now, paper mache shrinks at different rates depending on whether you dried it in a very humid environment or if you dried it in a very dry environment. And so what actually happened was that we had two so-called identical fit forms um, that actually had different measurements. Mm. So, you know, as we were communicating with our um, design partners, we thought we were talking on the same standard, but we actually weren't. Hmm. And so that formed the basis of what Alvanon is today. Because my father said, well, if we can't even get our own standards right, right, how can we actually make sure that it's going to fit different people around the world? Right. So the industry itself has to have much more discipline. And so therefore we embarked on this very long 20-year journey right. to try and improve and digitize the industry. So, so you are in the business of creating these, these fitting forms or mannequins yes. so that people can, uh, can fit their clothes over these, these, these forms so they can produce them in the right sizes, right? Correct. And, and the human body changes and evolves every year? Every big client actually decides on what their standards are. Usually they should not, they don't change their standards until maybe every five or seven years, because that's probably when we see a major demographic shift. Um, And as you know, we were were buying it more frequently than that. I signed the checks. Yeah. Well, you had more people then, (laughs) and more vendors. Um, One of the things that actually we were seeing was that we were scanning people around the world and we were seeing their morphologies change. Um, and one of the things was that I think the, work, the, the, the clothing itself didn't really match to what we were seeing when we were scanning people. So, you know, it's a typical kind of statistic that most, the average American is not a size two, as the fashion industry would like us to, to think. They're actually more like a size 16. So one of the things that actually 
industry brands have to do is actually cater to everybody, right? We need to fit right. everybody. Right. Um, and I think that we've gone through such a long time where we only actually dressed people who were of a certain you know, standard body type. The, the, so the perfect The body. perfect body. And actually, one of the things that actually the consumer never actually should see is that they don't really think when they're going back to a brand that, you know, you've changed the inner body, you know, a medium is supposed to be a medium. So I want to go to a brand and say, as a, I want to buy a pair of jeans or a pair of right. black trousers. And I'm, if I'm a six, then I want to be a six next season. Right, right. Regardless right. of whether I age or, or change. Right, right. So, right. so, so here we are 20 years later. Mm -hmm. uh, we are still in an industrial part of the town. In fact, yes. this is the original factory building that, yes. that your dad used to manufacture here, right? right? So, so what is Alvanon today? So Alvanon today, we do a few things. The first thing that we actually do is we work with all of the brands and retailers in the world for defining what their sizing schema should be. Once we've done that mm. um, and finding what their ultimate uh, consumers, we help them become much more efficient. We go through their processes and we help them um, figure out what their digital process creation should look like right. by actually creating a series of digital avatars. Right. Um, and then we also work with them on, you know, how are they going to build their garments in 3D? And we also help them understand kind of what their vendors should adhere to in terms of all of the standard operating procedures that they actually should be following. So we're actually trying to bring quite a lot of discipline and science and technology into a very historically um, kind of creative business. Right, right, right. right. Which on any given day is, um, is it's a real communication, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's important that we communicate, communicate yeah. that properly. So tell me about Alvanon today. What, what, is, what does it do for a living? <laughs> <laughs> Alvanon um, really helps fashion brands fit everybody. And okay. we do that in a couple of ways, right? Um, we help them create actually what their sizing schema should be. Mm -hmm. We help them figure out what their digital product uh, creation processes are, how they can actually fit garments over an entire size set, um, whether, it be, whether that be sold to the U.S., um, inside the Midwestern market, or if it's going to be sold inside China or in Japan, where they right. have right. much more uniform kind of um, demographic, right. which allows them to have, you know, less sizes, for instance. Um, we also help them, you know, figure out all um, how to how to actually figure out who their clients are. Right, so the ultimate consumers are, and which how, how do you do that? We scan a lot of people. Oh, okay. We get a lot of data from health data. We actually merge that together with their competitive analysis, and we help them, you know, figure out actually, do you do should you have a, a one two to one kind of. Uh, uh, ratio of, right. of inventory or should you have many more extra smalls or should you actually have more extra extra larges how do you kind of maximize the sell-through for a particular garment in kind of being able to fit every single body that so, comes so it's, it's not only just measuring things and, and, and sizing things but you're, you're also making recommendations based on demographics or or yeah. We make a lot of recommendations based on demographics. You know, our clients do different things with us. Um, some of them actually try to figure out what their best use is of their own data. 
Right, right, right. Um, but actually, one of the things that we actually instill in a lot of them is ch- so that they actually have very good standard operating procedures, right? Starting with the body, starting with the size. It's what is a size medium? How does that grade up and down that line? How much should you actually make in each of those things? Right. What does the intent s- uh, stay as when you've designed a dress? So tell me a little bit about some of the other services that you provide. Um, we work with them in actually trying to figure out what their human body really should be. And actually digitally, um, the, the big thing is that an artist wants to create on a muse, right? It doesn't right. want to create on a mannequin. Right. The mannequin's probably this static person that just, that, you know, we need it technically to see kind of where the right. balance line is. But to the artist who wants to sketch, who wants to draw, they want to see their muse in there. So we actually help them to add certain kind of features and beautiful renderings on top of the human body that still keeps all of its shape so that you can actually move through the whole process with a human body. So uh, digital product creation into actually physical product creation. Right, right. So so did the, did the pandemic uh, help or hindered? Uh... The pandemic, funnily enough, for us was the real big catalyst that the the, in, the industry needed in order to change its ways, hmm. right? Previously, when the pandemic first started... Um, we got these calls saying, you need to ship our mannequin to my house instead of to the office. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, yes. <laughs> so that was that. the first thing. And we were like, okay, I can probably still do that. So we did that. And then we said to them, but listen, all of this time you've been trying to work out a digital, a better way to digitally work on this, right? So um, let's say Zoom meetings. For the longest time, people didn't want to see you over web meeting. Although, you know, the industry had been doing it for a long time. We've been doing video conferencing and fittings with factories for years. But now we really had to do it. And now we really have a very strong standard protocol operating protocol on how actually we do that, what things are acceptable, what things can we approve, you know. Um, So so the pandemic actually forced the industry to become much more, to embrace digital. And so the natural next step was to go from physical mannequin to digital avatar, which we had been pushing and we'd build up a huge platform for two years prior to the pandemic. Now we saw kind of the very forward-thinking brands all of the sportswear brands basically go, yes, we want digital. And so they were already on this tra- on the platform, on trajectory. We didn't need to tell them what to do. They already were experimenting with all of these things. So product, digital product development? Yeah, digital product. So they were basically creating these sketches um, in software, being able to make it into 3D. So right. they were doing it in all the 3D software, and they were actually making prototypes straight from that. But that must be, surely that's the, uh, the, the sportswear, the, the active... That's the harder part of the of the industry, right? They need performance, and everybody is moving or exercising. Mostly, they don't. They sell the stuff for people who want to exercise, like me. I mean, elite athlete will have elite goods, especially for the Olympics. You can right, see right. all of these, you know, their uniforms really specifically made for them. But okay, guess what? There's many, many people also wanting to watch these athletes and be like these athletes, and I well, they want to look want like these. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they would one day aspire to look like these athletes, right, right? right? And so what we've basically done with a lot of these companies is we saw them digitize their, um, the sportswear companies were digitized quite early and the fashion companies were as well. But then when the pandemic hit, we literally saw our digital side of the business just basically 
do a hockey stick. Right. And we'd been waiting for so long. I mean, when we first started Alvanon, we had ready, we were one of the few company, actually, we were the only company who were building everything on top of Maya, which is the same software that Pixar used to make, you know, right. all of their wonderful right. animations. Right, 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 right. You know. So, in, so, so what's the marketplace like today? Well, do you know, I think the fashion industry is going to change significantly, right? Um, and, and mostly it's because I think that we're going to see all of these companies, who, these fashion brands who were stuck in the old way of doing things, mm. which is uh, draw a pretty picture, sample something, see whether, see whether you know, the buyer might, may or may not buy it, you know, and then discount it. That whole model has to go right. because it's unsustainable and it's actually, let's just not even look at the unsustainable part of it. It's just a drain on cash, right? So it's right, 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 right. It's not very profitable. It's anymore. not very profitable, profitable. And so we as an industry have to stop this kind of, let's throw something against the wall and see what it sticks kind of mentality. And I think what we actually have to do is embrace all of these more efficient processes to allow our industry to become much more sustainable. Is, is Alvanon unique or different in, in, in the industry? Uh because of some of these aspirations that you talk about? I think there's a culture in Alvanon that, you know, I think it came from my father, right? It's our tagline, which is all we can do is evolve. Mm. And what we've continually been evolving into is making all these little experiments to try new things, see if they work, actually ch change them and then make them standard procedure. So tell me about the, the business model of Alvanon today. What, how do you make money? Really, we're a consulting service and we're also a SaaS. Ah, okay. So, so you went from a company that sold physical mannequins. Yes, uh, which you... was practically a SaaS. Right, right, right. Because right, right, yeah, yeah. every brand came to us and every manufacturer that worked for them actually had to have their same standard. Right. So but but do you, you still sell mannequins today? We still sell mannequins today. Um, but mostly we're trying to get everybody to be on the digital platform and actually buy their digital mannequins right, um, right. so they can be used inside their digital process. What, what's, the, what's the environment like for, for, for that type of business? Well, it's very interesting right now because everybody is trying to go digital, but actually um, a lot, there's a lot of training that actually will be involved with changing of processes and actually also um, you know, learning a new way of doing business. Right, right. I, I'm just trying to think, for instance, if tomorrow Google decides I'm going to compete with, with, with Alvanon and get all this uh, demographic information and, and, and all that, w I mean, were you worry? Not really. Oh, really? Why? Because they'd need to know the apparel industry and the fashion industry. Right, 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 right. And right. so, you know, I think deep roots, and I don't think that they really particularly want to go into that, right? Right. Um, if anything, they would actually want to purchase a company like ours. Right, right. I, I asked that question because I know you basically over the years killed off all your competition <laughs> one by one. No. Wolfform doesn't exist anymore. Well, I think the thing is that we learned a lot from all of these companies, right? They were really inventors in their time and they did create some things that were very interesting, but they needed to evolve. And actually, if we, as, as a company, our motto is all we can do is evolve, right? My right, dad used right, to tell right, us that right. all the time. So as the environment is changing, we actually have to change with it. Yeah, yeah, and you guys are very good at this. I mean, this office has changed so much. You know, got new a new division over there, which wasn't didn't exist. So, so I think you do live up to that that, that model. But tell me, 
Why are you still in Hong Kong? Or, or well, my family's in Hong Kong, and also oh. honestly, Hong Kong is the best place to be to bridge many worlds. Right? We are historically bridger of you know both East and West, right. and also you know we have a huge science background here. We also have a very rich garment history. Right, there are yes. people who know how to merchandise here that could never actually do it anywhere else. You know the amount of creativity that comes out in product creation of garments mm. or fashion accessories or things like that. You have actually had to see lots of different iterations of making things before you can actually um, capitalize on that. So it's right. layers and layers and layers of experience, really. Um, I think Hong Kong is a very free economy. We have the best port in the world. Right? Um, right, we can ship all our goods, and we make we manufacture um, close to Hong Kong's border. You know, our our factories there, uh, and it's been actually there since uh, when my when when my father had his uh, children's were manufacturing. Um, yeah, it's quite a dynamic place, though. I mean, it it, it changes. Uh, yeah. the, the the some of the hardware, like the physically, the, the the building hasn't changed, but the content and the use case have changed a lot. And I also think that we, the one thing I think that's very in, very good for us is that our people have always changed with us. So if you, so some of the people that, you know, when we walked around the office and you met, you, uh, you know, they've been with us, some of these people have been with us since the start. Mm. Um, you know, our factory manager actually was with us in our previous manufacturing facility as a wow. junior merchandiser, and he became the factory manager. Um, you know, I think we've been very, very lucky in that we've always nurtured a very learning mentality and a changing mentality. So our people have grown with us. And I'll give you an example of that. Our fiberglass um, uh, division, the Sifu, the kind of the master who was there, he has, he made, he figured out how to make our first fiberglass mannequins. And then we said to him, Hey, listen, this thing is going to go digital and we're going to be 3D printing certain things. Mm. He said, first thing he said was, I want to learn 3D. I mean, this guy is in his late fifties, right? right? I mean, he's not got a, um, university degree. He was a, he basically has been, you know, a, a, a a manual laborer, right? And with a lot of craft. He's a craftsman. And he's basically taught himself three 3D programs, figured out how to redo skeletons inside the things that he makes, um, and his and brought along his whole team to do that. Like right. well that's 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 amazing. It it's it's a you just didn't I didn't expect that of them. But when we asked them, what, do, what would you like to do? They were the ones who brought us all of these new kind of innovations. There is a better way to do things if we just trust our people to find yeah, a better way. Yeah, yeah. I suspect it's also quite exhausting working here because you keep having to learn and grow and, and, and evolve with, with you and the, and the business. Right? Tell me what do you think the future uh, looks like? Aspirationally, where do you want to, to go from here? Alvanon wants to create a world where we can fit clothes for every single body, everybody, hmm. so that they we can take away kind of all the ideas of you know being a certain size or being allowing um, fashion brands and apparel companies to create functional and pretty things at the same time. We want you to be able to get in, go online and buy something that you want and have it fit you the way that it should right. do. You've answered what. You, you've touched on what Alvanon wants to be. What do you think 
a successful company to you looks like for the future? I think for the longest time, we've actually talked about companies as being beneficial to the shareholders. And I think that that actually has to change. I think that actually has to be, the the benefit has to go to the stakeholders. And the stakeholders are everybody who works inside the company um, or the clients that benefit from the services of the company, but also the the industry at large, right? Mm. I would hope to see that we actually have emboldened kind of leadership that makes the apparel industry better. The apparel industry is facing two major problems going forward, digitization and sustainability. Hmm. And both those things are because we were greedy in the past. And I think that has to change. Yeah. And so if we can do, if Alvanon has any dent in making right. this, this industry a little bit more efficient, a little bit more you know, sustainable, then... I would have believed that we've created a success in, right, in, in right, the industry. Right. But, but you know, you, you are, um, and, and at the same time, you have to create a business model that makes sense yes. for, for the company. Now, do you have confidence that, that by doing all those things that, that you'll also be running a, a successful business? Well, we've been very lucky in the past 20 years, right? I think it's both luck and reputation. Right. We've always stuck to the same culture that we've always had. And so therefore, I think people trust us enough to, you know, work together with us to actually improve things. So the business model is there. Um, could we have made more money? I'm sure we could have. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Could we make more money in the future? I hope so. Yeah. Because only by doing so can we actually create the real kind of change that's needed, you know, to work on all of the big problems, those big, hairy problems that actually need working on the are the AI problems, the, you know, right, the, right. the equality issues, the efficiency issues, the sustainability issues, all of those kinds of things that are kind of dogged problems in, this, in the fashion world. Well, thank you, Janice, for spending time talking with me about this. My main takeaway from talking to you in this past hour is that, one, you, we really need to take the resources that we were given and build on them but don't be static, but evolve as you see market needs and as you see social needs that, uh, where you can create value and by continue to, to grow and learn and, and perhaps think beyond profitability to, to doing things that are useful and productive and, and necessary in the marketplace, uh, we will be well on the way to success. To hear more expert analysis from I by IMD, you can find us wherever good podcasts are found. For more to read, you can go to iBarIMD Online, which offers exclusive business intelligence from the brightest thinkers in academia, business and society, written by experts for experts. <laughs>